I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. All right, we got a special guest today. Every now and then we take um, audio that we've done in other settings, so webinars we do on Songtown or, or other events, and we um, edit those into podcasts. And we thought this interview with Matt Warren, hit songwriter, was really great. So we did that. Um, and I think you're really going to enjoy what he and Clay have to talk about. So here we go. Today we have something really special for you, Mr. Matt Warren. Matt's a real treat, guys. He's I was reading his bio earlier. I've known him for years, but just brushing up and it's like dizzying. I'm not even going to attempt to, to go through his entire bio. He's been a frequent co-writer of Gary Allen, um, Two of those songs are actually the most spin songs of the year, most played songs mm-hmm. of the year, two of them. So, that, I mean, just to do that once is, like, amazing. So, you're in for a treat. Let's just get started. You are one of the rare people in the music business that was actually born in Nashville. Yep. <laughs> that doesn't happen too often. It does not. It's rare that I meet somebody that is born or from Nashville. Yeah, usually I start this off going, well, tell me how you got to Nashville. And it's like you just woke up in Baptist Hospital down the road. <laughs> and there I was. <laughs> so it wasn't like being born in Nashville, you had all these music industry contacts. You I had zero. You, right. I had zero music industry contacts. I grew up in a... So my grandmother on my Warren side, she could sing. She sang in the choir. My aunt could sing. Um, nobody played musical instruments, but my parents listened to what I consider the greatest music ever. And so from the time that I was three years old, my mother would be doing dishes or doing laundry or hanging at the house with me when I was a kid, and I'd be on the record player flipping records. And my parents listened to Steely Dan, the Gaithers, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Allman Brothers, uh, a lot of R&B, Otis Redding. So that, you know, to this day when I write music, and even when I sing, I am really just a product of all of that music uh, pieced together to be who I am. Right. And so that's that was my, that's where I gained what I wanted to do was from the love that I discovered of music of my parents' music, but I had zero music industry contacts, um, except for Terry and Sherry Cologne. Who they own a business called Richards and Southern, and they do all a lot of merchandise. They do. They do. Um, they oh, are, I don't have it. They do Songtown merchandise. Good people. The best people. Yeah. I love them beyond. And their their sons Ryan and Scott. Yeah. So it wasn't really like uh, you knew somebody at a record company oh, or a gosh, publishing no. company. This was a merch company. Yeah. Right. So. Well, fast forward to the summer or the spring of 2000. Um, I'm waiting tables at Chili's at Rivergate, and Terry and Sherry come in. I think it was maybe just Sherry and Scott, maybe, or Ryan. I can't remember. But they came in, sat at my table, hugged, good to see you, blah, 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 what you doing, waiting tables. Well, do you want to go out on tour with some of our one of our country artists who sell merchandise? You'll get to travel. You get a hundred dollars a day pay, and you get twenty five per diem for food. And I thought, are you kidding me? <laughs> of course, I want to do this. So they told me to come in on Monday to the office, 
and that they had two slots they needed to fill as far as merchandise managers. One was Rascal Flats and one was Gary Allen. And this is 18, 19 years ago. Now, just so people know, you're about to make a life-changing decision. <laughs> there was a fork in the road, Rascal Flats, Gary Allen. <laughs> yes, and at the time, I didn't listen to country music per se. Now, growing up in Nashville and surrounding areas, it's hard not to, to be around it. I mean, when you go right. into Walmart, we used to see June and Johnny Cash pull up at Walmart in their galoshes and go in and get a rake or whatever. Right. You know, my mother... You know, went to school school with uh, Carlene Carter. Uh, we were from Hendersonville area, um, so I mean, your country's you're, everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't know what a rascal flat was. <laughs> so just I, to, oh, just I didn't to, know either. When I my publisher years ago said, "Hey, there's this new band." Um, Mark Bright's going to produce their first record. They're called Rascal Flats, and he played me something that was bluegrass, and I was like, "Yeah, I like bluegrass, but." Yeah, it was so different than yeah. what they became. Yeah, you know, I mean, they were literally like this gospel tinged bluegrass with all the harmonies, and um, so I turned that down. Didn't write with them. <laughs> You're right. Well, so to be on the safe side, I thought I'll go with the guy who's got just a name, Gary Allen, and they put me on a bus. I think the following weekend, and. That's how I met Gary, um, was selling merchandise right. for him. And that tour was such an education for me in many things. How to be on the road, um, which consists of etiquette, bus etiquette, what yeah. to do, what not to do. How to live with 12 other human beings on a tube that's going down a road. How to you know have manners and what's okay, what's not okay. Um, show etiquette. How to be how to be professional. You know when you're in there working at the gig. How to you know um, act like you've been to the end zone before, so to speak. Yeah. Um, how to be around other artists and the band and the crew and being around famous people and just you know, act like you, you know, that, that it's no big deal. Um, I also, even though I was brought up in Nashville, which is the home of country music, I really didn't know a lot about Merle Haggard and Johnny Cash and Waylon and Willie. And that was what Gary was really into. And mm -hmm. I got such an education in the back lounge of his bus listening yeah. to a lot of old country. And I was also able to kind of turn him on to, he was interested in what I was doing when I wasn't working with him. Right. So I was into rock and roll, Tom Petty. Um, I remember one night I was so excited to get to play him a videotape, a live videotape of widespread panic because he's <laughs> like, who is this band and how do they have thousands of people come to see him with no radio play? So we just kind of like, uh, we became friends and um, we just, Okay, so guys, just so you notice, this is how he got into the music business. He just became friends with someone. He didn't walk up to him and hand him a tape and say, "Hey, I I got a hit song for you." It's it's kind of a a back way to get in, um, and it puts you on much better terms than if you had just walked up to him and said, "Hey, I want to write a song with you." And my first mentors or people that I looked up to 
were writers that were writing at Fame, where I was signed at the yeah. time, and that was Walt Aldridge, uh, yeah. Russell Smith, James LeBlanc, and Jason Isbell. Yeah. Every one of those are like world-class writers. Yeah. I learned something from each of them. I learned from Russell Smith that pure honesty and being exactly who you are is exactly what you want to do. And he was just so cool and quiet. And he, yeah, I, I miss Russell. I mean, he's still alive. I just miss being around him. James LeBlanc, to his day, is one of my best friends, and I can't get enough of just hearing him sing and play and write. I mean, he's the master of dadgad, which Walt Aldrich probably taught him yeah. dadgad. Uh, James is just so good and so pure. Walt Aldridge taught me, show up, have a good attitude, and write something. you got to exercise your writing muscle or it will atrophy. Yeah. So even though I haven't always practiced that advice he gave me, I would absolutely suggest that to any new writer or young writer always write something because songwriting is like a muscle in the sense that if you don't exercise it it will atrophy um, talent is just talent but it's nothing if you don't practice you know I, I Gary used to have this uh, magnet on his refrigerator and it said it was a quote by somebody else but it said anybody can be cool but awesome takes practice <laughs> you know and um, that's and you know it's true because if you're like me, I've been in, well, you've been here all your, all your life, but I've been here a long time. And over the years, I've seen people come through that had unbelievable talent that never made it in the music business. And I saw people that you didn't really think had much talent, figured out, learned, and started writing better and better and better. Yes. And then they become these craftsmen that can write incredible songs, yeah. but you never would have guessed it in yeah. the beginning. So. so I'm 20 years into my songwriting career, and I'm still growing and still learning, and and that's one of the things that I'm applying to my career now is just because I have talent doesn't really mean squat until I apply myself and I start being there on time, like my teacher at MTSU right. told me, or not just on time, but being there. So that's what Walt taught me. And then Jason Isbell, he never really sat down to mentor me or anything, but just being around him early on before he exploded, I noticed that, like, you didn't have to be famous to be really good and be famous. He was playing songs. You know, we played a few rounds together at the Bluebird and down at um, Frank Brown Songwriter Festival, and I noticed that, the way he said things and sang things and played things, it inspired me that if the Gary Allen country music songwriter music row thing didn't work out, if I if I continued to craft whatever my thing was, that I might could be not be a Jason Isabel or be like him, but I might be able to have the freedom that he has as an artist, which is he's a Jason could do anything. Yeah. He can play, he can sing, he can write. And uh, so just being around those four individuals was uh, very valuable. So that's that's what a publishing deal can do for you, oh. is it can put you kind of in this little community of other talented people, and you, you learn from each other. It also makes you feel 
a lot of people will be negative about publishing deals, but I'm here to tell you that when, at least for me, every morning when I would drive up Music Row, it made me feel like I was worthy, like I was part of the game, like I was in the NFL, here I was running through the tunnel. <laughs> and that, you know, I'm still a dreamer at heart, and so it was just a beautiful thing to be able to come up Music Row and, and think that I had a pretty decent chance if, if everything worked out to today that we might could change country music history, add to it, or I might could get out of debt. And if none of and if those three things didn't happen, I was for sure going to learn something and have a good time and get better at what I was doing and um, learn something about craft. So, <clears throat> just to speed things up and speed along here, how did your first cut come about? So, my first cut, so six years after riding on the bus with Gary in 2000. You mean it wasn't overnight? <laughs> six, years. six long years. Gary was a fan of my band and his wife and kids loved my record and um, tragically Gary's wife passed away and I was going to see him one night to come and hang out and we hung out and he said man play me something new that you've been writing so I played him a song uh, called Slipping Away when I got through with it he said it's really good man we should write sometime still don't really know anything about co-writing per se and so I get to his house we schedule a writing appointment luckily I didn't know the enormity of this opportunity at the time or I would have been super nervous uh, so I get over there and uh, he's got a spiral notebook and he, he said I got some uh, here's some titles pick one out and so <clears throat> I'm looking down through there and putting memories away popped out to me I thought that could write itself because yeah. of what was going on with him at the time and so I said how about putting memories away we literally sat down and within one hour wrote this song and he called me about two weeks later and he said I'm going to cut it uh, so he cuts putting memories away The record's about to come out. Rolling Stone magazine reviewed Gary's record. Um, and at that time, it was the first time that they had reviewed a pop country record. Um, it was right when the Rolling Stone country division was about to come out. I'm assuming right. this. Um, because, like I said, they never really reviewed a country, much less a pop country record. And they reviewed it, and they gave it four out of five stars. It was the record um, "Tough All Over," mm -hmm. and they each record they give a star track award to, and they gave it to "Put Memories Away," which was our song, which was my first cut, and they said it was the new um, George Jones Grand Tour. Wow! And. Oprah Winfrey at the time was about to do a show about depression, which was what Gary's wife Angie suffered from. And she came out to Gary's house to film and he played. So that... Not a bad way to start your career. No. That put me on the map. And it, it kind of halted my pursuit of my own thing. And I thought wow, if this is something that I just sat down with Gary Allen to do in his house, and it was just naturally what I did, maybe I should pursue this whole Music Row writing thing. 
All right, hope you enjoyed that, found it inspirational. Matt's really worked hard and has accomplished some great things. We don't have a song today. If you're interested in submitting a song, you can send it to podcast at songtown.com. We need to know that all of your co-writers and or publishers uh, agree to let us use it on the show. And we need an MP3 of that. Uh, So feel free to submit if you feel like you have something that works. It needs to be really good quality. It can be a piano vocal or a guitar vocal if it's a great song and it's really good quality recording. Or it can be a demo or even something that's mastered. So uh, if you love the show and want to submit a song, please do that. In the show notes, there's some links to Songtown itself. We'd love for you to check out our community, our classes, and all the things we offer. Uh, We've also written some books on co-writing, melody, and lyrics. So check those out. We hope to see you next Tuesday.